Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? Hey guys, so this episode is really near and dear to our hearts. Now, Justin and I talk all about the history of real life English in this podcast. So, this episode will cover the first few years of the project, and we're going to create another one talking about where this one leaves off to the present because it's been around eight years or so. So, there's a lot of time to cover, and we did not want to overwhelm you with this one. So, in this podcast, we talk about the hero's journey and how it can help you to level up your English. We talk about lessons that we've learned through the creation of this project and community, and how those lessons can also help you to improve. Your English learning. And we talk about how real life English started as some actually pretty crazy English parties, and how a meditation group led us to learn all about startups. We also discuss the first app that we ever created and how it was an epic failure, and why we eventually moved to Santiago, Chile, and so much more. So you're gonna have a lot of fun learning about our journey creating this project, community, and company. And let's jump in without any further ado to episode two. 200 of the Real Life English Podcast. Ah, yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and epic global adventure way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're walking your dog, in line at the supermarket, or even climbing a mountain. Ah, yeah. I'm joined here in the global studio by the man who does not own a stove, oven, or even a microwave because revenge is a dish best served cold, Justin Murray. <laughs> oh yeah. What is up? Nice to be back. <laughs> so what does that mean that revenge is a dish best served cold? Uh, I never really fully understood that, but maybe it's it's something that's served, it's not very pleasant, right? It's something that you receive and you, you must send back. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine because it's like something that's served, maybe like that's how I would imagine it. Definitely that at a restaurant, if your food gets served cold, you'd be like really frustrated, really unhappy. Maybe you'd send it back. So it's kind of like revenge is a dish best served cold. It's something that you want someone to be really unhappy about. There you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> so today we have a very special episode. We're really excited about it. This is episode number 200 of the Real Life English podcast. It's taken us quite a long time to get here since we had a bit of a hiatus in the middle. What's hiatus, Mr. V? A hiatus is like in the media industry. For example, when a TV series stops producing episodes for a period of time and it's kind of uncertain if it will be reproduced at some point. So it's kind of was that for us because we left the podcast. We always really loved it and wanted to return. We finally did a few months ago. I think it's actually already been almost six months, so... It's kind of flown by, but we were on hiatus for a long time. So it took us a long time to actually reach this milestone of 200. And then we're just like really excited this week because like the universe is just converging on all these really exciting things for us. So we have just hit 3 million subscribers over on our Learn English with TV series channel, which is like a really epic milestone. And just a couple months ago, we restarted our Real Life English YouTube channel. So this is the second 
YouTube channel that we were doing also for a while and it was kind of on hiatus. Um, and maybe back in the day when we were producing videos on there, the content was good, but we were more amateur in our video production. Now we've become much more professional at that. And so we restarted that channel and we're kind of providing different fluency coaching, kind of similar a little bit to what you get on this podcast, but in a different in a different packaging. We're really excited because that's already hit 100,000 subscribers. So all of these things this week kind of happening at the same time. And we're really excited as a team celebrating this. And to thank you guys, if you follow us over on Learning Show TV series, you might have seen that we are offering a 51% discount on our Fluent with Friends course. And often on this podcast, you hear us advertise our Real Life Native Immersion course. So just for you guys as podcast listeners, we are offering you also a special 55% off on our Real Life Native Immersion course. All you have to do is use the code 3 million podcast to get that. Oh yeah. So just head over to reallifeglobal.com slash immersion. And again, use that discount code 3 million podcast and you'll get 55% off. All right, so enough of uh, rubbing our own ego about all the great things that are happening to us this week. Uh, in this podcast, we are going to take you on a journey, on our journey about where Real Life English came from, how we came up with the idea of the content that we're making nowadays, and kind of like our methodology. And we are actually going to be making multiple podcasts about this because we've been going already for something like eight years as a company, probably actually just in even a little bit longer for nine years. So today we'll just be talking about maybe the first couple years of our existence as a project. But before we get into all that, we have a very special shout out for a very special listener out there. All right, so this shout out is from Nicole from Stitcher, and she says, as a title, five stars, love it, this podcast is real English. Hello, Andrea, Ethan, and Justin. Thanks a bunch for this weekly podcast. Guess what I gained since I started listening to your podcast? Friends. Yes, you heard me right. I started listening to Real Life English podcasts and watching Learning English with TV series at the beginning of 2020. After a few weeks, I started to chat with people from all around the world, of course, in English. Last month, I recommended this channel to one of my online friends, and so far, he loved it too. The best thing about Real Life English is that I can use the expressions you teach me right away. It's not like I'm learning outdated phrases from a grammar textbook. Again, you are my greatest treasure when it comes to my English learning journey. I know that you will never pull the rug out from under me. A million thanks to the U3. Oh uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Nicole. So she said that you will never pull the rug out from under me. What does that mean? Well, it's an expression that when you destabilize something, when you surprise somebody negatively, so to pull the rug out from them. So think about, imagine that Ethan's standing on a rug and I pull the rug out. What is a rug? A rug is a piece of cloth on the floor, right? That is used to step on. Something like that, right? yeah. It's kind of decorational in houses or maybe if you live in a uh -huh. colder place because it will, uh, it's a little bit nicer to walk on if the floor is cold. Yeah, there you go. So we will never pull the rug out from underneath <laughs> you. So that's a really fantastic shout out, Nicole. Thank you so much for taking the time to let us know the experience that you've had with our content. And if you, dear listener, want us to shout you out, it's really simple. All you have to do is head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to us and leave us a five-star review. And the other really fantastic thing about this is that you're helping learners from all over the world to also start having fun learning with us. So before we get into today's main topic, let's take a look at a quote that Justin has prepared for us. All right, so this is a quote from Joseph Campbell, who's one of the leading mythologists, philosophers, psychologists, and he actually inspired the movie Star Wars and many other great movies. And so the quote is, a hero is someone who's given his or her life to something bigger than oneself. So 
I chose this quote because it's about the hero's journey ultimately. And we've kind of been on this hero's journey with real life English. And we really try to teach English in a way that makes you feel like you're on your hero's journey because ultimately you are. And the hero's journey is kind of like this constant pattern that you see in like all the great stories throughout not only religion and mythology, but look at all the movies. So Star Wars, uh, The Matrix, Lion King, all these stories where it's like you have the hero who starts off in his ordinary world, and then there's this call to adventure that inspires him. He needs to overcome his fear and cross this threshold into the, the unknown, and he'll meet enemies and allies and ultimately have to go through a transformation process to become a much better version of himself. He's going to oftentimes go through many difficulties and need to die oftentimes to be reborn and at the end he'll discover the treasure and he'll take the treasure back to his community and that's sort of like learning english in some sense when you learn english you're leaving your comfort zone you're leaving your small little world of your local world you learn this new language that's going to give you access to this whole new world of information culture relationships and from there you make all these friends you probably find people who don't support you and you're going to overcome yourself. You're going to transform into a much better version of yourself. And you're going to take that wisdom back to the people around you in your local life. So it's kind of the same thing with our journey with this company. So we're really excited to tell the story of what we've done to build this company, which is very in parallel to all of this. Totally. So I think one of the reasons they say scientifically that the hero's journey is so powerful is that it's like so tightly connected to human psychology. So in the way that, you know, kind of like every day, every period of your life can kind of feel like a hero's journey and that you anything new that you want to learn or any new experience you want to have, it's like always you're having to kind of like go to the edge of your comfort zone, go through some really difficult journey and get the help of others, have some sort of like coach or teacher or some person that's guiding you. And eventually, maybe you get to a point where you have learned something and then you can kind of like spread that to the rest of the world. So like Justin said, we definitely want you to feel like your English is like that, like it's an adventure, like it's something that even though it can be really difficult at times, it can be really hard to push through, that ultimately you will, that will be there by your side as your fluency coaches, and that you'll come out kind of as so much better than, than you could have ever imagined. So that's it. I think that's a great jump off point to talk a little bit about maybe the hero's journey of real life English. Today, we're just going to be talking about, as I said, the first few years that we existed as a company. And we'll do another podcast, maybe even more than one, talking about from where we end today to modern times <laughs> to current day. So it's been a very long journey for us. And we've gone through a lot of hardships and a lot of hilarious moments and a lot of really rewarding moments. So we're really excited to share that all with you. And I think you'll find in a lot of ways, there's a lot of lessons here that you can apply to your own English learning and to your own life. So Justin, why don't you take us back to where it all began? Because I joined a little bit later and I won't be able to tell it as well as you can. Well, to start with, I think it's interesting to point out that you feel the same desire as, as we felt at the beginning, and ultimately we were scratching our own itch. What does that mean, that we were scratching our own itch? Well, this is a, it's kind of a business term. It means you're solving a problem that you feel, right? And so we were both language learners, and also Chad, who we started with. Um, like I was traveling, basically, traveled to Mexico, and I traveled in Guatemala, Colombia, Brazil. Spent a lot of time learning Spanish and Portuguese. And also... I spent high school learning Spanish and sometime in college, and my experience wasn't that good. When I started teaching English, I realized that most people shared that same dry, boring experience of English in the classroom and 
they hadn't had that waking up experience that I had. When I went to Mexico, when I traveled, when I saw the language the way it really was, when I was exposed to the culture, when I was connected to the Spanish-speaking world, it completely took on a new life. And back in, I think, like 2009, when I was like 31 years old or something, I gave a presentation. I went back to my high school. I was like coaching track and cross-country for six months, and the Spanish teacher asked me to give a presentation. So I prepared all this time, this presentation on basically like, guys, I know it's boring now, but there's something out there. There's real life Spanish in the world. I didn't say it like this, but I, I, I kind of like talked about it as like t- taking off uh, the blindfold. And to really What's see, a blindfold? The blindfold is like what covers your eyes, ultimately. Somebody puts something that covers your eyes. And mm-hmm. for me, that presentation was kind of like the first time I ever like stopped to really like think about deeper about my learning experience and wisdom that I can share with other people. And then when I started teaching, that's kind of what I ended up really embedding into my teaching as well. What do you mean by you embedded it into your teaching? I embedded it. I made it a part of my teaching. You could think of like the word bed, that it has the word bed in it. It's like you're almost like putting it under the bed, <laughs> almost to like make it like a, a part of it or something. Yeah, you're integrating it into it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically then when I was in Brazil and it was like 2011 and I'd already been teaching English and just kind of like learning how to teach, getting my bearings. What does that mean to get your bearings? To get my bearings means to get used to it, to get my fundamentals down, to really become competent in in a standard way. Mm -hmm. And that was when I met Chad, who is the other person who found Real Life English with us, who's no longer working with the project. But we were actually roommates. We decided we were, you know, just talking like, oh my gosh, the way that people are learning English is so bad. The way it's taught in the traditional schools, (laughs) it's just, it's so boring. It's dry and boring. We need to do better. We can do better because we're teaching, we're experimenting with ideas ourselves with our own students. And so we decided, hey, let's start a school. And so that school, ultimately, we brainstormed names and we had lots of different names and I won't go into those, but we came up with the idea of, of real life English that kind of expressed that. And from that point, we, we kind of had this idea of creating an online project, a physical school and doing parties, local parties p- to promote this. And we never really got rolling with the physical school, but we got rolling with the parties. <laughs> <laughs> Could tell that was where the most motivation was for sure. Yeah. So we started doing these parties at like local bars and... They were very successful. You know, people came out, maybe like 40 people the first party, and then we had like over 100. And then pretty soon we got up to a few hundred people. And we tried all sorts of ideas in these parties, organizing communication activities. And basically, this was to complement our teaching. And But with these parties, with our teaching, we went deeper into these ideas. And ultimately, we realized that we had a message to share with the world. And we had a blog that was already up, but we didn't have any content on it. And so we, right around this time, actually... So we were doing these events and we were just getting ready to start the blog. And then this guy from Colorado wrote us an email and <laughs> his name was Ethan. And he wanted to like come and meet us and, and hang out with us. And so he started hanging out and like joining the parties and he wouldn't go home. He just like helped us like <laughs> after the parties and he came early and all this stuff. And then what happened there, Ethan? Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit of my background was kind of similar. Justin traveled in South America I studied abroad more. I studied abroad in Germany in high school and then in Spain in college. And and when I was there, I made some Brazilian friends. And uh, after I finished university, I was really like fascinated by the Brazilian culture. And I decided to move there. And I had friends in Belo Horizonte. So I started like looking into teaching English there where uh, Justin and Chad were in Belo Horizonte. So I was investigating. I kind of like found these guys that had this this project, Real Life English that they were doing events and things down there and basically I wrote them just asking for like some tips on English. And when I moved there, I kind of just, one of uh, Justin and Chad's other roommates 
who was also helping a little bit with the project, uh, invited me over to the house. So I just showed up there and I believe we went to go see a movie uh, and kind of the rest was history. But I went to the first party and for me, it was just such an amazing experience because I had had a very similar realization that uh, I was fortunate enough to like study abroad and everything in it. And really I learned the most of other languages when I was like at a party or at a bar or something, you know, kind of like relaxing with friends and, and just like speaking the language in a casual way, in a real life way. And when I went to the parties there and it's just like in a bar surrounded by Brazilians all speaking English and kind of like having a, re- a lot of fun doing it in a really relaxed way with like drinks and, and games and stuff like that. And just for me, it was it was mind blowing. Yeah, that was really amazing. Like, so that was like the first stage of real life English really was those parties. It wasn't just the parties. It was it was actually us coming together, like Ethan, myself, Chad, and even some other people and really digging deep and deciding, okay, well, what do we want to build here? What value can we provide for the world? What's our message? And it was really important because we sort of developed this over time with our classes, with our conversations, with the parties. And that message was, okay, the status quo is not good enough. We can help people learn English in a completely new way. And going back to Joseph Campbell, who's, we shared the quote today, basically one of the things I really enjoyed, there's a documentary that he has called The Power of Myth, which is amazing. And somebody asked him like, well, why should people care about mythology? And he said, I don't think people should care about mythology, but most people haven't been given a very good introduction to it. And I kind of felt the same thing about English. So a lot of people didn't really have much inspiration to learn English or they, because they were learning in a, in a very boring way that, that had been given to them and they hadn't really been inspired. They haven't woken up. And so for us, it was about this fresh new vision. That was our first slogan. That was our first, it was on the, the banner that we put at the parties, helping people really giving them that fresh new vision to learn English. So why don't you describe that fresh vision, Ethan? I mean, I think it's exactly what you said is that like most people, they study this in school, they think of it as a school subject. But then the first time you actually get an opportunity to have a conversation, you're like, wait, I can actually use this to like communicate with people. And all of a sudden, and at least for me, the first time that this happened, there was like an aha moment. So an aha moment is kind of like when you have something all of a sudden that that things kind of come together in your head and, and you have like a realization. So I think that that fresh new vision was kind of like, don't just go to a class, you know, two hours a week and study grammar and just like memorize and take tests, actually make it a part of your life, like do things that you already love doing, but do them in English. So like listen to music and actually like learn the lyrics of a song and, and sing it in the shower, watch a TV series and stop you know, instead of watching the dubbed version, watch it in English with English subtitles or, or subtitles in your own language, listen to a podcast and, and just like find other things that you already love doing and do them in English. And I think that on the other side of that, we started kind of like building community as well. And community is really powerful. You all of a sudden can use the language, communicate with people all around the world and give kind of a global context to the language. So it's like all of a sudden, not only are you learning a language that they speak, you know, in one country, but you're using it to connect with anyone from any country in the world. Yeah, that was a big realization for us. So we started with the parties and we created a Facebook group and it was basically a few hundred people. And this is what we used to organize our events. We shared pictures. But then when we launched our blog, we started publishing these articles. Actually, we committed like Ethan, myself, Chad and Josh, this other guy who's working on a project to writing one article per week, each of us. And we published those in English and we translated them to Portuguese. So we basically had content going out every day, these articles. And this group that we created started to grow. And so 
it grew from a few hundred to a few thousand to tens of thousands to over a hundred thousand in, in the next few years. And our blog grew as well. That local, that small little local Belarus Anche community grew to something much bigger than we could have imagined. And we started meeting people, meeting these students, serving these people from all around the world. And we realized like it wasn't just our students. It was the people reading our blog. It was the people we were connecting with. And this this local sense turned into something that that was just this global vision of learning English. And that changed the game. Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real life native immersion course, we will take you on a 41 week real life adventure of the English language. Each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use real native English and make it a permanent part of your life in a way that is fun, natural, and convenient. The best part is you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. We will send it to your email. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod, that's P-O-D, to sign up. Now let's get back to today's podcast lesson. Yeah, it was really interesting just seeing like how much people vibed with what we were doing with the with the blog and everything with our methodology, because all of a sudden we could see like, this isn't just a problem in Brazil where we're teaching. It's like, it's a problem everywhere. It's a problem for everyone that has to learn English virtually, because in school, they're just being taught kind of like the grammar and everything. And they're not actually being given that context that like really motivates them and pushes them forward. Another important piece of the puzzle is that when you go to an English school, they're often teaching you that you need to speak grammar in this perfect way. And people are tricked into thinking, or they trick themselves into thinking that someday they're going to speak English. They need to learn, and, and this future result is going to be them speaking English. But we kind of, kind of flip it around, and we say, like, actually, let's start doing it now. You don't need to be mm-hmm. perfect. Embrace your mistakes. Embrace your imperfections. It's kind of this idea of, like, English is practical. English is something in the real world, so you live and you learn English. So when you're learning English in the real world, then it becomes much more meaningful to go back and study those grammar rules. Totally. It's like you're all of a sudden, the grammar makes a lot more sense because you kind of have that foundation as to where you actually know what the grammar means. And it's not like you're just studying something and memorizing something so that you can pass some test. So I think uh, I think at, at this point, kind of like doing the blog and everything, one of the most impactful things for me, like you were saying that we we're really committed to doing a article every single week. And I think having like that kind of commitment and also the accountability that if someone didn't do their article that week, they would get an earful. Uh, what does the earful mean, Mr. V? So if you get an earful, this is like maybe, you know, if your parents, if you aren't doing your chores or you do something that you're not supposed to do, you'd get an earful from them. And it means like, you know, that they're kind of telling you off in such a way that, you know, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. And it's really, you know, against our values or against your responsibilities. So that integrity was uh, a value that became really important for us is, is like walking the talk is what we call it today, is more like doing what you say you're going to do. And that has really stuck with us since back in those days, you know, that we were hanging out at Justin's house in Belarusante, Brazil, to nowadays where we've become a, a bigger company where we're we're very quickly growing to be like 11, probably 15, maybe by the end of this year. And those values that we made kind of back in the day, a lot of them have stuck with us. So I think kind of like that commitment, that integrity is something that's 
really essential. And I think having these kind of commitments for yourself and your own English learning, which is something that we've kind of like taught in our, in our coaching and everything is something that's going to make the difference between whether you're successful or not. Because if you actually set yourself goals and whatnot, and you actually have the integrity to hold yourself accountable to reach those, or if you even have like a teacher who helps you to do this or, or friends, then it's just like going to make you so much more effective and, and successful. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. At this point, there was one really important thing that we started to think in a much bigger way about what is possible with this project. So there's an article that I wrote at this time period that for me, it was a kind of representative, uh, an aha moment in my mind that I watched this trailer for this movie called The Overview Effect. And basically it's this idea that when the first astronauts went to space, basically they went with the vision of the moon. So they're going out to space and they think all they can get to is the moon, the moon, the moon. But then when they got out to space, they flipped around and they looked at the earth for the first time. For the first time outside of the, the planet, they were able to see the, the earth without borders. And they took a picture that ended up changing ultimately the, the perception that humanity has of itself. They saw this world without borders. They saw this blue and green ball hanging in the, in the vast blackness of space. And it gives this idea of the world without borders. It gave this new consciousness for the astronauts. And it was a transcendental experience. So in some way, learning English is the same thing. So it's like, as you learn English, it's a doorway to this new level of thinking. It's this global citizenship. It's recognizing that no matter what divides us, those borders, these ideas, these concepts of race, ethnicity, differences in political beliefs, and all of this, it's all really very superficial compared to our shared common humanity. And English is an amazing, super powerful tool to help you with this realization and to live your life with this realization as well. Totally. So I think at that point we were kind of starting to think like what more could this be because we had the parties going on they were really effective and everything there in Belrosante we're kind of like okay this experience is really amazing that like you know people come together and they're non-native English speakers and you know they're they're having some fun they're having a drink together they're playing some some different games and they're kind of seeing the language in a completely different way so, so we started to think like you know how can we bring this experience to more people and we tried some different things. We tried actually doing like some satellite events, getting people to organize them in other places. But that was really difficult to actually carry through without having us be physically present. It just didn't have like the, the same impact. And at that point, we started to think, okay, how could we create this online? And I think our, our thinking kind of changed at that point. Well, one thing we did, just going back to kind of what you're talking about there, about really establishing what we wanted to, to accomplish, we did this exercise where we imagined the end goal. I don't remember where the exercise came from, but it was really structured. Basically, you imagine what you want to accomplish at the, the very end goal, and then you work your way backwards from that. And so we imagined this. We wanted to impact the world in a way that no other English learning company has ever done before. And we wanted to totally revolutionize the industry. And it's kind of bold. It's kind of crazy. But that's just kind of the way we thought. We wanted to really take this and, and help millions and tens of millions of people change their lives and change the world through learning English. And that exercise kind of coincided with we started to learn about startups. And so how would you describe a startup, Ethan? I think startup is, it has to do with a small company that's kind of working on some sort of big problem and has some sort of solution proposed for it that's maybe kind of like risky or innovative or different than anything else that's out there. So it has a lot to do with innovation and kind of with a sense of scrappiness, which scrappiness, how would, how would you define scrappiness, Justin? Uh, scrappiness is like the soccer player who's always hustling for the ball. He's always running hard. He never gives up. Maybe he's not the most talented in the world, but he's the hardest working. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of it too, like your ability to do a lot with like limited resources. 
So maybe it comes back to the the root of the word. So like when you're eating like the scraps of the food, scraps. So <laughs> it's left over, right? Yeah, it's what maybe you give to the dog or something like that. So basically, that kind of like that scrappiness, like Justin said, that hustle, like you know that you're chasing after it. You have that fire within you, and the the also the aspect of kind of like being able to manage a lot with like very little resources, very little money or anything. So we actually had like the good fortune that we were friends. I think. Somewhat through the real life English parties, we met like different people who were kind of like involved in the Belarzante startup community, which nowadays is a very important startup community uh, in the ecosystem of business in Brazil. Yeah, so a couple of the people, like Ethan was saying, they attended our parties, and we did some meditation events too, actually, just in our <laughs> house, you know, informally, and they had startups with only a couple of people. And over the years, we saw them scale these startups from only a couple of people into hundreds of people, and now their companies are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and yeah it really is mind-blowing and, and humbling to see where these guys came from and where they're at now okay so at this time period there were really a couple things going on like it wasn't just this platform there was lots of other stuff going on like for example we launched one of our first courses the native immersion course yeah i think actually before that we had an experience launching another course which kind of we had really high hopes for but it kind of ended up being like an epic failure <laughs> And I just remember that we kind of like had this big, um, we kind of had like a celebration planned with, with the team and everything. We bought huge box of acai and like coconuts and like all these different things to kind of celebrate our opening day and everything. And it's just like, no one bought it. And I think it was kind of this fundamental problem that we hadn't really understood what was the problem that, that people had that they needed to solve. And I think with the Native Immersion course that came out of our podcast, and we had more of, and I think we, we got to know a little bit better, like what was like the real problems that people were having, maybe understanding our podcast or understanding real life English in general. And we kind of created this project to try to solve that so that people could understand natives a lot better so that when you listen to your favorite podcast or watch a TV series, that you wouldn't feel lost. A couple of things that happened around this time period is like we started teaching connected speech. Mm -hmm. So we learned from like some other online teachers like, you know, Rachel's English, Fluency MC and some other teachers. But we learned basically that this really undertaught part of, of learning English is connected speech, how natives cut and connect their words, how we eat our words sometimes. And that makes it really difficult for English learners to understand fast speaking natives. So we realized that this is a big opportunity and also it was amazing help for English students who were, we were teaching one-on-one -on -one at that point or in small groups. And that's something that we integrated into the Native Immersion course. And another thing that was really important is we had one of our first team members join who's still with us today and is actually editing this podcast is <laughs> Max. Yeah. So Max was actually the, I think the most interesting part was he started out as a part of that Facebook community that we were talking about, uh, which ultimately got closed, but Max kind of like stayed part of the project and everything. He was really motivated and passionate about the methodology and, and the mission and everything uh, of kind of using English to do things that you love. I think like he learned a lot of his English listening to rap music that he loved and, and, uh, and also I think connecting to the world because him being part of that community, helping us to kind of manage that community even before he joined us as a team member. So so that's kind of been a recurring theme for us too, is is we've brought on people who are like passionate about our project. Like if you like our customer success team, for example, both of them also started out as students of ours and, and community members and like people who are just like really passionate in the community. And we saw that that would be fantastic to also be able to deliver that to our students. Yeah, that's super important. And I just remember Max, he came in from Argentina, actually, he 
He, I don't know if he took a bus. I think maybe he took a bus from Argentina, like something like two days, like 48 hours, all the way to Belo Horizonte during Carnival. Right? <laughs> He's like sleeping on our couch during Carnival and like hanging out with us, going to our parties. And that was when he started actually helping us build the native immersion course. He would help us build the materials, help us go through and like just create the infrastructure for the course. That was just such a huge help. And Max has helped us at other points throughout the rest of that we can talk about more later. But at this point, that was so we created the platform. We formed a partnership with somebody who a programmer from another company who basically helped us build what's called an MVP in the world of startups. What's an MVP? A minimal viable product. So that means that it's kind of the most basic product that you need to solve the problem that you're trying to solve. So we basically created this yeah, basic version of this platform that people can speak on. We imagine people being able to have video conversations, but at this point it was just text chat. And we applied to this startup program called Startup Chile, similar to the one in Belo Horizonte. And we applied actually a few times we didn't get in because it's a really prestigious program and, and you have to have like a really solid business plan and, and team and everything to get in. And, and we applied a few times and finally we got in. And that was such a big and exciting moment for us because basically we got, we hadn't been making that much money before this. We hadn't been earning that much money, but we were going to receive $35,000 in in funding and we wouldn't have to give any equity from our company. Normally these programs, you have to give a certain percentage of your company to participate. But in this case, you go and you receive mentorship how would you describe the program, Ethan? Yeah, there were, there were different kinds of presentations and things like that to kind of like help to teach you what you needed to know to make your startup a success. And and it's a really great program because like Justin said, they don't really ask for anything in return for that money. But the objective of it really is to just build a, a culture of innovation there in, in Santiago, Chile. So one of the most amazing things I remember from that program, I mean, just arriving there, we felt like we had been thrown into the deep end. What does it mean to be thrown in the deep end? So this is like when you're a kid learning to swim and there's kind of like the shallow part of the pool where you're fine, you're comfortable because like anytime you want, you can touch your feet on the bottom. But maybe if someone pushes you into the deep end of the pool, then it's like you're going to panic because, you know, you can't, if you don't really have confidence with your swimming, maybe it'll be kind of a scary experience for you. So we kind of felt like this. We were thrown into this situation where everyone else felt much more experienced than we were. They maybe had been working or studying startups for like a longer time. And we had kind of just like a novice idea of what a startup was and what it would take to, to build a company. But yeah, basically with that platform, it, we had a party, we had a few hundred people there and we had this like live streaming of the internet for the launching of this platform for you know these hundreds of people that were there and everybody was drinking and it was this grand party and stuff, but all the equipment ended up like failing in front of everybody. <laughs> And yeah, it ended up becoming like kind of embarrassing, but ultimately at the end of the day, that party was great, but the launch ended up becoming just this horrible failure. And I don't know, sometimes ultimately, as, as you're saying, Ethan, that you need to fail a lot of times before you're able to succeed. So I think that's a great place to wrap up this podcast. So in the next one that we'll be talking about how the hero's journey of real life English continued. So we kind of were in this low point going into the program in Chile that we didn't really have a working platform. And in the next one, you will find out what happened with that. So that said, thank you so much for joining us. And and as we said at the beginning of this podcast, don't forget that you can get a special 55% off of the Real Life Native Immersion course. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash immersion. And at checkout, 
Use that coupon code 3 million podcast and you'll get 55% off right away. And that said, we'll see you next week on the Real Life English Podcast. One, two, three. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.